G'day legends, welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Nick, joined by the great man Jackson, he's alongside me, and mm-hmm. gee, it's good to be here, how are you? Good to be back, mate, we need to bounce back, so, oh, you know what, crook. let's rip the band-aid, right, let's just do it. Really? Saturday, blackout, blackout of monumental proportions, right, and we were due, let's be fair, we were due, because we were flying the last three, four weeks, every now and again, the punting game comes around, it just reminds you where you really sit in things. Mm. And I feel like we needed that reminder because we've sat down, we've crunched the numbers this week, we've crunched the form, and we're ready to bounce back, mate. Okay, so we're going to get through this extremely quickly, and this is, we do it every week, we go through the big races from the weekend before. Um, You're right, you're good. Well, I'll let you know after this shit. Okay. (laughs) So, the first one I want to talk about is, let's go with Artorias. Right. So... We had our horse mm. that we tipped mm-hmm. from New Zealand. Yep. Can you give me a name? Imperatrice, looking around in front of the 25 metres with mm. no one else around. Not a soul. No J- one else around. J-Mac sitting pretty. I'm thinking about money in my head. Yep. J-Mac ready to lift the, the trophy after, you know, looking around ready to pose for his, for his photo finish. And I don't know if you recall me saying something last week, but I said... Uh, there might be a certain man that's coming over to ride that could mm. potentially be better than James as a jockey, and I reckon you might have let him know a little bit in this one. I think so. You know what? I'm glad you started off on this one because this wasn't the worst result. The ones that we'll cover coming up are going to be blackouts. <laughs> We're slowly ripping the bend. <laughs> slowly. So I'm glad you, you let me down easy first, but Artorius was a favourable result for me, but I definitely wanted the Kiwi um, horse to get up. But what a return from him. They had their eye on the prize over 1,300 first up. Zach Purton did the perfect thing, right? A lot of times you ride a horse like Artorius, you get back in the run, you're tempted to go around the field and loop yep. everyone. You basically lose 10 to 5 metres of velocity doing that, right? Because you're wasting so much energy energy getting out to the back of the track. What Zach did, he waited his time in behind and just weaved the passage in between, never panicked. It's such a senior ride, wasn't it? And yeah, he just showed that he's come back and stamped his authority. And we'll get to the, the race after that, but... He's shown that he is right up there with the absolute best. Um, super win. Not sure what's next for Artorias. I suppose they've pretty much got an open book now. They can do whatever they want with him from 1,200 to 1,400, I would have thought. I would think they would drop him back to the TJ just because of the prize money yeah. and the prestige that that money attracts. Um, back to 1,200 is probably the, the only negative. He might be a 1,400 horse now, but they hold all the cards for sure. Looks like he eats up 1,400, so very interesting. Um, we might as well stick with Zach. Why not? Um, now, I'm going to... Do you mind Do you mind if I just go go out? Take the floor, mate. Bit of a monologue here. I want to apologize um, on behalf of my family, uh, my friends, my culture, um, the Armenian culture that I'm from. Made a mistake. Made a huge mistake. Um... Look, I tipped this horse 
first up over 1,200 mm. and ran really well. Ran third, 350 that place. Gave it a good push. Nice push. Thought, good run. Mm. I'll back up next start. $10, 1,400. Gave it another good push. Really, really good push. Um, probably didn't run to my expectation that day. Did a few things wrong. As most would do, you should probably forgive this horse. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I I didn't. Mm. I didn't forgive the horse. I said in the first up run, I said, oh, this horse is looking for 1600 Probably like a Rose Hill or a Randwick Guineas. Yeah, one of those. Anyway, found itself in the Randwick Guineas and 16 bucks, and I haven't had a cent on. So, <laughs> communist and Zach Burton, <laughs> you ruined my weekend. Um, I ruined my own, to be honest. I, I deserve it. Yeah, look, it's self-inflicted this one, then. I don't know if you can point fingers here, but what a performance from this horse, right? He just Obviously, this was the target from the camp coming in. He was cherry ripe third up. He possibly was just half a run to a run short, second up. And it's, you know, on face value, he was a bit flat, but it's always that sort of mantra of the grand final trainers, isn't it? Yeah. So they've got this horse, cherry ripe. They've found the perfect jockey combination coming in. Market disrespected him to an extent, but, you know, there were some smart punters, not us, but there were some smart punters out there because he had a little bit of uh, backing late. We did, however, tip the second horse, Linderman, who was also at $16. Mm-hmm. So if you if you found an each way value, um, there, that was a very good run up on top of the speed. But the more I look at this race net, I know Communist was dominant and all props to it. How far would have Ossipenko won this this uh, Guineas by? I think it's pretty clear he would have won it. Oh, um, they've. I don't want to speak about what could have happened too much, but Aft Cabin's an interesting one for me. I don't think they figured out what distance is right for this horse yet. I don't think they figured out how to ride him yet. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah. I'm just not... Jury's out a little bit at the moment. First up was fantastic, but the last two runs haven't told me he's a superstar. Well, he's cost you some money, this prep, because he was very short first up, obviously got the job done, but he's then been short second and third up and just hasn't come to the party. So I think you're right now that they need to go back to the drawing board and potentially get the the old Clippers out. The Clippers. We love the Clippers. Um, Last race we'll cover it in Sydney. Um, Eduardo was... 440 into about 280 SP. The rail was out, looked to be the only speed in the race. You could see why the money came. He led for 999 and a half metres, maybe more, 99. It was nearly 0.9 metres, really. Um, And I thought he was home. But Passive Aggressive, a horse that we said is on the up um, in the podcast last week. We did say this horse is just... It looks like he's starting to put it together and Passive Aggressive definitely put it together and knocked us off. So. I mean, what a weekend Grainbeck had, didn't he? He had nonconformist, obviously, over in the, one of the feature races in Melbourne as well. Turns this horse here first up off a really nice trial. Had the first up form, but so did Eduardo, mm. right? But you look at the prices, you, you get $9 in the end for uh, passive-aggressive with a bit of support late. But it was a very difficult race to sit back and assess. And it was always the question mark, this horse, wasn't it? Because didn't have necessarily the class coming in based on its, its rivals in the, in the last couple of preps. But just came in and obviously has, you know, elevated two or three lengths off the back of what it's done previously. So now on the radar for an Everest, you'd have to say. For sure. Um, I thought Giga Kick was fantastic. Missed the start a little bit. And 1,000 metres with the rail the way it was out in the worst part of the track, the way that this horse ran was just... Super. You cannot underestimate how good it was. And I also thought Remark was really good too. I'm just... I'm unsure about... You think he's a 1,000 metre horse... Remark. Remark, yeah. I think he's an 11 to 12. I don't know. I, potentially, he's been outclassed. Potentially. I, I, I would I would put my hand up and say, look, whether he's a 1,000 or 1,100, he may have to drop back in grade. 
um, and probably doesn't want to run into the top sort of 10 sprinters mm. um, in City. He might just be that group two, group three level. There's nothing wrong with that. He's a very nice horse, and I made cash off him in the past, so the horse doesn't owe me anything. Yep. Um, let's move south. So we obviously had the Australian Guineas as well. There was an awful, awful fall in that race, so um, good to hear that Zara's okay. I don't know if we've got... Have we got an update on Ethan Brown at the moment? Yeah, so he needed um, surgery on his liver um, and kidneys, I, I think, from oh. memory. Um, but it was looking pretty bad at the start, but... Yeah. He's in good spirits now, up and about in the hospital. So, um, you know, had surgery on Monday, all successful so far. So hopefully he can get back um, back on the mend sooner yeah. than later. Big thoughts going out to him. Mm. Um, let's chat the horses, though. Mm. Tipped attrition, thought he was home, uh, beat off the $101 pop, and then comes through the New Zealand filly, who mm. is just a dead-set superstar by the looks of it. She smashes the line, this yeah. horse, so... Um, well back to sort of nine, ten dollars into six for SP. I was sick again. Attrition. I took that about ten fifty, eleven bucks. So, do, do we have to start looking at Mick D in a different light now? Like he he has completely slipped under everybody's guard time after time again in these big feature Group One races, especially in Melbourne. Do we have to start looking at him as a top five, top three jockey potentially? What I'll say is, is he is one of the strongest jockeys we've oh. got. Like. Maybe there's guys that are better tactically, but if there's a stoush going on between two horses with 100 to go, yeah. he, he might be one of the strongest jockeys oh, we've got. What an unbelievable ride on this horse. Going. Like he, he got um, sort of pocketed and never panicked, right? Just kept the horse in rhythm and hit that flat spot at the 200. And like you say, his strength was able to pick the horse back up, finish off in between runners, and what a superb ride. But oh. taking nothing away from the horse and the trainer, they obviously identified this race coming over, so... All props to them. I wish the other Kiwi horse in Sydney got the job done as well, but... <laughs> got it the wrong way around. That's another story. Attrition was obviously a massive run, Ned. Um, obviously did more work in the run than the Kiwi horse, but, um, you know, wasn't a, a vintage edition of the Guineas, you'd have to say, yep. based on the time they ran. Quick note on Jackano as well, it bled, unfortunately. EIPH coming out of the vet's report, so have to forgive it. I do feel like it would have been the winner if all was right. Yeah, no doubt at all. No doubt. Um, cool. Let's move to this weekend. So we've got a Thank couple of... Gr- fuck. <laughs> sorry. That probably... That took nine and a half minutes. So I'm sorry it took so long. You know what, Ned? Before... i just got to clear something up, non-racing related, right? Before we go to this week's uh, uh, edition. Oh, no. So, no, it's, listen. Last week, there was a story that came out on Second Again from Instagram, right? Yeah. The caption was, do you wash your hands? Oh, Yes. Like, for some reason or another, I'm pictured in the photo, okay? And I can understand how that could come across. I just want to clear something up for all the listeners out there. <laughs> oh, have you been stitched up? I've been. I've copped a bit of slack off the back of this, okay? I just want to clear something up, right? So, I wash my hands, I reckon, 15 times a day. If I if I make eye contact with my dog and then I'm going, to, going to food, I'm washing my hands. Just want that. I just want that absolutely clear for everybody out there. So... That's it. That's it from my end. I just needed that cleared up because I'm copping a bit of slap during the week. It Jeez. was just a bit of poor uh, poor positioning as far as the photo went. Well, I gotta, I'll come out and be honest myself. I'll throw <laughs> myself under the bus. I'm on the other end of the spectrum there. So if you want to shake hands with me, maybe just check in and make sure that I've <laughs> lathered them up in recent times. Um, <laughs> look, Flemington, we've got New Market Day, which is always an absolute ripping day of racing. Um, and then in Sydney, we've got the Group 1 Coolmore with some really nice group racing surrounded by it. So, 
Mate, let's kick it off at Flemington. So we're going to go through from races five to eight, um, and then Rose Hill will go five to nine. But, mate, can you give us a bit of track education? (laughs) Because I I want to hear it. Rail was plus two last week. I thought it played relatively on pace, but as it always does at headquarters, they tend to all get their chance. Rail goes out to the plus four position this week. So I'm expecting horses to get away from the fence, considering most of the traffic would have been in those tighter lanes last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Bit of wear and tear in there, so the wider you get is is probably the the you know the better lanes. As far as the conditions, so good for clear weather out in, in Melbourne, nice cool conditions for the horses. So expecting absolutely even money. Fantastic. Um, I've got a question. Is the Australian Cup usually on this day, on Newmarket Day? Good question. Good question. Do us won it last year, didn't she? Yeah, I feel like it's always uh, the same day, but I could be wrong. Good question. We'll research that. Mm. We'll get that going. Mm. Anyway, we've got the one group one at Flemington. It's great to be back at headquarters again. I just love punting there. It's just every horse always gets their chance, and it's just such a nice track to watch racing. Correct. 1600s, the Matron Stakes. Uh, we've got a couple of really quality sort of mares in this race. Barb Raider, top of the market, 350 extra litres, $5. So you see is 550 Inspirational Girl, first up for I don't know how long, $7.50. Forbidden City is $7.50. Cerealo Misses 11s. Elusive Express, 14s with no secret at 16s. Then we've got Pharaoh's Reign, 35s. And El Patroness, second up, $41. Pharaoh's Reign goes forward. Barb Raider drawn wide out with Willow aboard. I wonder what they're going to do from there, how aggressive they're going to be. El Patroness probably looking for further, but I still think they can inject something. And Cerealo Miss for Simon Wild will go forward as well from the inside barrier. Exolita for me, Ned. She's on top. I thought she was an excellent run second up. You know, obviously a mile off Anavisto in the end, but Anavisto lines up as favourite in the Group 1 in Sydney mm-hmm. later on in the day. She's dropping back in grade here, but up to the 1600. Yes, there could be question marks around there, but I just like the way she finished off very, very hard off the back of a fast pace at 1400. I think she's going to be suited up here. It doesn't matter if she gets back here because I think the wider you get at Flemington on Saturday is going to be an advantage for her. Zara booked as well, and they can be a little bit more positive up to the mile. So with all those things being said, she came home with the eighth fastest last 400, last time out, and I think she's going to be cherry ripe third up. So she's extremely hard to beat at the 550. I think she's going to be hard to beat as well. Um, I couldn't have Barbara at $3.50. I thought her run was okay in behind Espiona and Torajine, but I just don't think that form stacks up well against Ana Visto. Mm. When you're comparing the two, um, 1,600 is the query for me, but Exolita... I think it's a horse with a good win in her, this preparation. I think this could be the one. Yeah, she normally just finds that one kill each prep, doesn't she? And doesn't do much else around it, excuse me, as I just cracked another beer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, look, expecting her to run very well on Saturday. Uh, Race number six, it's over 2,000. It's the Australian Cup Prelude. Um, we've got top of the market, a horse with the picket fence forming here, four in a row. Right you are, 320. is there at fives with Maricino, $6 from the west. Young Werther, Young Verta is eight fifty. Vow and declare nine dollars, and we got double figures. Lucky like German there, mate. Young, it's actually Verta. Did you know that? I like your German. Regal Power fourteens, <laughs> sure fire is as well. Um, Noble Heights is fifteens with Huser at seventeens. Yafet is twenty six. What an intriguing list of names. Mm. Maricino goes for the WA Raider and expect them to bust them up. Ned, this is a horse with a lot of pace for a stayer. Um, expecting them to just roll forward from the inside barrier and just completely control this. Nobel Heights drawn wider out to come and sit outside. Vow and declare and right you are not too far away. I do respect this favourite net. It's obviously got the fitness on its side and, and running pretty good time in doing so. 
I think the fact that it's going to be a fast speed with Maricino engaged probably plays into its hands. But if this Maricino gets away from them and they lose contact at the 7-800, this horse could be off and gone and it could just be survival of the fittest. The horse is built into the, the picket fence together over in WA and they've obviously sort of realised that this horse might be up to this level and they've just gone bang, taken it straight over. They've brought Turner over as well, who's a, a Western Australian jockey. He's come over for one ride, so that's mm. a tip in itself. And the fact that this horse is going to get complete control from the inside barrier, there's a lot to like about it. So I think it represents good each way value at around the $6.650 mark. Again, respecting the favourite right you are, it's obviously got the race fitness on its side, but I didn't mind the run of young Verta. I was going to say Werther. Young Verta. <laughs> I didn't mind the run at all. They just got busted up by Deny Knowledge in that race that just absolutely took off and made an, a, a fucking, like a, a ridiculous sp- uh, speed last time out. Emissary came out of the same race as well, so I didn't mind either of their runs, but the fact that Young Verta's come up at $10 here, I'm happy to have a sort of backup here getting now to third up at 2,000 metres. I think there's a bit to like about it. And I'll just go back to that Turnbull run where he eyeballed incentivise in that race. That's his real pet trip, I think, the 2,000 mm-hmm. metres. So I want to back him here, especially at the price. So he's the main saver for me. I think right you are. I'm just not going to fall off here. Four in a row in the mo- at the moment. Ease down last start, beating Val and Declare by a length and a half. And then the run before that was super, super impressive. I just think the way that you have got the race shaping as well, mm. I do think that he might be the one that's probably third, fourth, and then bringing the rest of the field up and mm. hopefully too strong. He's just fit. And I think fit's really important when you've got a lot of these stays coming back or second up. So I'm with right you are. I think 320 is actually a reasonable price, Mm. um, to be perfectly honest. So right you are for me. And we know what the camp does when they have horses. They keep them running, don't they? Race seven, it's over 1,200 metres. And I'll tell you what, I love this race. Super. Doing the form for this race was so exciting. Um, Super. The New Market Handicap, it's obviously always a really good race. We had Rock and Horse win it last year over on the far side. Um, that was just such an interesting outcome to that. And these straight races often do throw up weird things, but we've got quality everywhere. So in secret, top of the market, $4.40 with the lightweight. I Wish I Win is four sixty. then Private Eye, seven fifty. Lofty Strikes there at eight fifty. then we got double figures for a few. So Buenos Notches is 12s, Marzu 14s with Bella Nipatina. Rock and Horse last year's winner is 20. Star Patrol, $23. Front Page, 26. Chain of Lightnings there at 31. September Run, 34s with Baller. So what's that, 46? The Astrologist and Snap Around Amount at 90s. Super race, Ned. Like You're very, a bad horse. Very excited for this, mate. But um, the big question is for this week, are they going to split? That's always the big question coming up straight, isn't it? Because all chaos breaks loose when they split. As you mentioned last year with Rock and Horse, who got up on the fence, that was the highway when all the smart the smart horses in inverted commas were to the outside with all the top line jockeys and then there's blokes on the inside that are getting up at 120 to 1 so let's just see that's going to be the big question mark on Saturday but I should cover the map first front page snap a roll forward with the astrologist Marzi not too far away first up in secret can be positive as well and I think chain of lightning is not too far away Going back to my next point, Ned. <laughs> I feel like you're excited about this race. Like, I, almost, I haven't seen you as excited. I almost skipped the map. That's how excited I am about the betting prospects here. I understand that this is a great race with depth. There's a lot of horses coming in with winning form, with running good time. But there's two horses, Ned, that just stand head and shoulders above the rest as far as what they've done up to this point mm-hmm. and what we're projecting them to do. Number one, I wish I win. Top of the market, I cannot understand how in secret is level or is it is it favorite over it's favorite 20 cents but 
It, yeah. it, let's call them level. I cannot, for the life of me, understand, based on the times that they're running, how this horse is equal favourite. It should be, honestly, $2.50 in my markets, Ned. The, what this horse has done up to this point, ran the fastest last eight, six, four, and 200 first up, over 1,000 metres. Peter Moody's come out, already declared that this is the race that they're targeting. So you know that the intent is there. He's got an overall figure of five and a half lengths over benchmark, which is by far and away the best in this field. That was in the Golden Eagle. But if the fast speed in this race can emulate a, a longer trip, say 13, 1400, that's going to play right up his alley. He'll be able to sprint off the fast speed. He's out in the wider part of the tracks, which is an absolute advantage for them. You obviously get the services of Nolan as well. Absolutely on top for me, Ned. Like yeah. clear, clear cut. One of the best on the card. I can't believe they've given us 440. Whether it's the size of the field, you know, question marks around some of the three-year-olds, I don't know. It might be the weight. I'm not sure. $4.40, I can't work out. I'm smashing it. And you know my old mate, Ned, I cannot leave him out. Yep. Private eye, track and trip, franked. Came in here, first up, last prep, up the straight in the Gilgai. Gave them a fucking galloping lesson. 4.4 <laughs> lengths above benchmark. So he's got the second best figure coming into this. Smash Rockin' Horse, who then went and won a VRC challenge. That same prep, there's a lot to like about him as well. The second trial for him as well suggests that he's very forward first up. And again, you, you've got to put your trust in Joe Pride that he's got him forward. Avdala comes down for the ride. So what more do you want? It's I wish I win, hammering, and Private Eye, double the price at $8. I can't believe the prices, Ned. I cannot believe it. That's a man on the toe, <laughs> if you couldn't notice. Um Look, agree with both points. Not tipping them. Just going to go a little wider. It's a race that bats really deep for me. So I'm going to tip our old mate Marzu on top. He's first up. It appears to have been a clear target for his first up assignment. They've sort of skipped the challenge. They didn't go to the Lightning. They wanted to hold him out for 1,200 metres. He had a little jump out um, in Victoria recently. God knows where. Probably Stony Creek or something. Um, Sam Clippard had actually got flown down to take him in that trial or that he jump out. Flew himself down. Flew himself down. He... A cycled down, as Jacko would say. Nobody um, flew him down. And he's riding this horse. I just think Snowden's, they're so good at setting these horses for races, and there's no way they're coming here mm. without wanting to be winning. So $14 for me is over the odds. I'm going to be having something on Marzu. Bella Nipatina, I thought she was fantastic first up. Really, really good first up. So I'm going to have something small there. Big Craigie, she's going well. And then, can we both chat about this one? Right. September run. Jesus. Like, really good first up run. Track and trip record is impeccable. Superb. superb. And we're getting $34 and we've got Waller. Mm. Like, mm. you talk about just wrong. I just think it's wrong. Mm. She's in the wider part of the track as well, so she can track the right runners into this. She can probably sit off the back of I Wish I Win. John McNeil. Get the last crack at them. So, oh. I agree with you. There's a lot to like at that price, but Ned... It doesn't matter. Ned, the first... <laughs> honestly... The first two need to not turn up. Something needs to go amiss. Or, you know, they need to be super, super hard luck for anything else to win, in my opinion. Hey, Sammy Clipperton, mate. Next next week, what are you riding next week, mate? Swiss Exiles there at, earlier in the day. What do you found? Like, what's going on? Have we got to put another bloke on our list of people that can't come on yeah, the podium? well, you know. I don't know. What could he possibly be riding in a fucking listed race? Anyway. That's my event. We'll talk about it next week, but Sammy sounds, mate, disappointed. Sounds like I'll be having something on whatever he's riding. Disappointed, um, mate. Uh, race 8, Flemington. Obviously, that new market, just to say at the end, what a field they've assembled. Racing 2. One of the... One of the 
<laughs> one of the great fields. It'll be really good race. It's obviously a really long history race as well. So should be a good race for third. Fourteen hundred <laughs> race eight. Uh, it's the Furphy Shaftesbury Avenue handicap. Uh, top of the market, we've got Ayrton three thirty, Scalapini's four sixty, Savannah Clouds there at eight fifty with Visionari first up. Life Lessons twelve dollars as well as Worse Fold at twelves, Biometric seventeens, then we got twenties and more for our Playboy. Then we got Daisies at twenty threes with not an option. Just Folks twenty sevens, Riddle Me That forty ones, Earlswood forty six as well as Captain Envious. Earlswood, Savannah Cloud, Visionari all going forward. Ayrton a bit of a sticky barrier towards the middle, but I think Carl will be positive. My hope is they get one out, one back. Just sit in that perfect spot, keep him in rhythm. Don't overdo him in the first section. Just allow him to build into the race. Get out to that sort of six, seven lanes and just absolutely flush home. 3.30, Ned. 3.40. Come on. We missed 4.20. Come on, guys. Seriously. Like, 3.30? 4.20, I agree. That's out of control. But <laughs> even now, like, come on. Yeah. Come on, guys. Scalapini, the second favourite. His peak has come and gone this prep. Yeah. Come and gone. He, he's fit, we'll give him that, and it's got Damien Lane on board, but he's drawn wide again and needs a lot of luck from there. Mm-hmm. A lot of luck. So I don't imagine that horse going to get a good run in transit. Ayrton probably sits one out, one back. He got car booked. A first up machine, absolute machine. The second trial, to me, suggests that the horse has come back a couple of lengths better off than last prep. First up last prep, only beaten by I Wish I Win, ran a very good time, and we, I Wish I Win goes out and win a Golden Eagle the same prep. So mm-hmm. you have to respect this horse coming in Best on the day at Flemington that I can't believe, 3.40. I think it's a definite bet for sure. When you look at the form lines around, I wish I win an Ellsberg last preparation. It's just speaks for itself. I think 3.30 is still a good price. I'd expect this horse to be starting around that 2.20, 2.30 mark, mm. to be honest. And if it's not, we're going to be having something on. Mm-hmm. Also looking forward to seeing Visionari come back. Obviously had a really nice win at Flemington last prep, but then just ran into a couple really smart horses in course on Mav and those sort of quality. Don't think was up to it then. Mm-hmm. Keen to see if it goes on with the preparation. Mm. Moving over to Rose Hill now. So we're going to cover races five to nine there. And there's a group one in the middle of it as well, which I'm looking forward to very much. We're starting at race five though. So 1,100 metres. We've got Clemenceau, top of the market, $3. Athelric's there first up, $4.40. Kalino's $4.40 as well. Then you've got Cannonball at eight. Cold Crusher, tens. Quick Tempo, 13s. Rocketing by 20s. Dalcini is 35s and Shelby, the big fella, is 41s. Where's the rain, Shelb? <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for it, isn't he? The Jesus. poor bugger. I think he might be past it, though. Rails <laughs> true net at Rose Hill. Good track. Good for Sun's out. Good day for Can we shake hands? We just did two meetings and we did it before. <laughs> we did the track conditions before we got to race two. Yeah, good day for punting. Expect Rose Hill to play even, guys. Had a good break, this track, and they're headed into their carnival now with Golden Slipper coming up next week, mm. so... Very, very exciting times. But like I say, no excuses from a punting standpoint. In this race, Ned, Cole Crusher, Clemenceau to roll forward. Uh, Clemenceau, they'll need to step well and be aggressive from the widest barrier, um, just so they're not caught out wide. Athelric first up, can show a bit of speed. It looks to map well. And Cannonball, how aggressive are they going to be with this horse? Because it's led in the past and it's folded. Its best run came up the straight at Flemington where it sat in midfield and just sort of sat off them and finished off really well. That's the only other horse I can see that injects a bit of speed. I do want to have something on it, Ned. I think the price is attractive. Comes out of the gear kick and bonus notches form, and I also mentioned the Swiss Exile form. That's that's what you want to come out of, mate, coming into a race like this. He's a horse that's still on the up. Yes, he probably didn't measure quite up to those horses, but he did acquit himself very well. This is a drop back in grade for me here, and I, I respect the talent of Clemenceau. We'll be having something on it. 
only a small little saver to cover my bet, but I'm happy to have something each way on Cannonball. Not with a huge amount of confidence, but I think the, the last trial was very good, and it looks like a horse has come back in good order. So I'm happy to have something small on each way with Clemenceau the saver. Uh, Clemenceau, best of the day for me Jesus. at Rose Hill. Um, $3 chance. I think it's well over the odds in a race like this, to be honest. 53 kilos, horse on the up. When you look at look at the form around Remark last preparation, who I know you've got a massive opinion of, mm. um, Zethus, where that was that race was at Mooney Valley, and he just he just didn't look like he handled the valley as well as you'd think, and then he finished the preparation off with a really really nice win mm. at Randwick, knocking off horses like Malkovich. I just think he's reeks quality, another preparation under his belt, coming here first up. I think eleven hundred he eats. Yep. I just I can't find holes in him for this race to yep. be honest, and. I just don't think the race bat's very deep. I hear you. I hear you. He's, he's also had a lot of time for him in the past, so I completely hear you. Race six, we've got the far lap stakes, and we've got a lot of fillies here that are coming out of the race a couple of weeks ago, but lacks a little bit of quality, and I'm sure you'll see that through this market. So 1,500 metres, Zoo gotcha, top of the market, $1.55, our first shorty of the day. Madame Pomery, $7.50, Fireburn, $12, Glint of Silver is 13s, Brosnan, 15s, Awesome John, 18s, a lot more love is 20s with Daytona, and Cutting a Dime is 41 bucks. Glint of Silver going forward from the wide barrier, Daytona and Zoo Gotcha to whip up and inject some speed as well. I don't know what they're doing with Madame Pomery from there, but we'll have to see how aggressive they are. Fireburn to get back with Brosnan. Like you say, Ned, this race is pretty thin on class, I thought. If you take out... Zoo got you, and let's say Fireburn, who hasn't come back the same horse it looks like since her yeah. slipper campaign. I suppose Madame Pomery did win a thousand guineas. We've got to give some credit. You have to give credit, but the thing about her, she came up the inside on a heavy 15 day at Caulfield, and you know that wasn't a vintage thousand guineas either. So this, I've got question marks around it, and took a 15 out of 10 steer from J Mac to get her over the line. So mm-hmm. and she started 12th one. I'm just rambling off here, <laughs> but um, that's that's me poking holes. With that being said, Ned, it's probably clear what I'm doing here. Yep. Similar, I'm not going to say similar to Animo, but similar to the scenario with Animo, how thin this race is. Nothing here can beat Zugotra if she turns up and runs to her mark. As long as that setback earlier in the prep hasn't sort of undone her, the fact that J-Max Dixie clearly could have had the right of Madame Pomery, he said, no, fuck you, I'm on Zugotra. Similar to In Secret as well, he could have written In Secret the other week and says, no, fuck you, I'm on Zugotra. Maybe it's the wallet just giving him the tap on the shoulder, we don't know. But I'm confident that if this horse turns up, it's the winner, Ned. Imagine running in a group one, right? You're beaten ahead and you miss a place. Mm. Can you imagine for, as an owner? Pretty cruel. That's fucking sick. You go from, I don't know, you might win 300,000 to 12 mm-hmm. off for a head, the space of a head. Unbelievable, that's that uh, surround stakes. But look, it wasn't a vintage surround stakes, but it doesn't have to. I think the fillies just aren't up to the mark yet. This is the proven commodity here coming in and... I think the J-Mac Waller uh, combination will get it done here. Even at the short odds, I'm going to be having a bet. I really liked her in the surround, and I thought she was really good first up, especially with that little setback, as you said before. She probably needed the fitness run under her belt. She sort of went in ebbs and flows in that run. I thought 300 to 200, she looked really good. Mm. 200 to 100, she looked like she fell in a hole, and then she came again. So I'm thinking 1,500 second up's looking pretty good, and I can see why it's $1.50. Race 7. 2,000 metres, it's the Furphy Sky High Stakes. We've got King Frankel, one of ours, $4, top of the market. Protagonist, first up from overseas for trainer William Haggis, $5.50. Sunshine Rising is six fifty. No compromise, $9 as well as Knight's Order. 
Zarek is elevens. Benno, twelve dollars. Gear up eighteens. <laughs> Jeez, can you call a horse that? Um, <laughs> Magical Lagoon is twenty ones. Explosive Jack is twenty six with Stockman. Allegron, thirty ones. Selino is seventy ones. And Norman. <laughs> don't forget Normandy Bridge. Don't forget the bloke sitting up there at Racing Australia. All women. All women. The blokes and women that are sitting up there at Racing Australia signing off, signing off on these names. They're a lot older than us, mate, so... They don't know the lingo. Yeah, you can slip one through to the keeper here and there, and that's clearly the case with this thing. Knights Order, Ned, rolls forward. We know what they do. Waterhouse and Bot. King Frankel for Newnham um, goes forward. They're second up. A bit more fit coming off that good win. Zarek, who was an excellent win first up as well. There's a good bit of form coming into this. They go forward, and I think no compromise can be more positive from that inside barrier, Ned. I hope that they show a bit of speed. But to be honest, Knights Order gets complete control of this unless something unforeseen happens. They can do what they want up there. And obviously, TC Book, we know what he does going mm-hmm. forward. So, a bit of a tip in itself there. A couple of bets for me, Ned. So, King Frankel, I can't hop off him. We were very, very bullish about him first up. He obviously got the job done, wore down the inform and fit Banju. He was first up that day and had to sort of sustain a, a good level of pressure throughout the run and just worked home so well. And the last 50 metres was sort of, you know, going up and down in the same spot and then found again the, the Newnham, you know, what's kicked in. So, by the way, he's headed to Hong Kong, Ned. Newnham. He's, Newnham's headed to Hong Kong. So, good luck to him, mate. All the best. He, <laughs> mu- he must be frustrated with the, uh, you know, finding owners down here. But good luck to him up there, mate. You're obviously an astute trainer. So, all the best. Hopefully, you get the chocolates here on King Frankel because I'm on. Outside of that, Ned. <laughs> outside of that, Ned. No compromise. No compromise is my saber. He was a massive run first, though, wasn't he? Fucking hell. Huge run. Massive, massive run. I think Jay Ford's got a good affinity with this horse as well. And I love him stepping up to 2,000 metres second up. He's five weeks between runs. That's the only negative for me because I don't know if they just want to wait for one more, whether this is the sort of semi-final before the grand final. I don't know. Are they going Ranvet or something like that, probably? Yeah, maybe the Ranvet first. Ranvet. Sydney, Sydney Cup. Sydney Cup, yeah. You'd imagine that's the sort of pathway for them. So maybe we're going off one early, but I think considering the price of the $10, $11 mark, I'm happy to have something on, just considering how 40 was first up. <laughs> this sucks, but <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. So I like King Frankel for obvious reasons. We've been tipping him all the way through. Um, I thought been fantastic so far. Then when you have a look at No Compromise, right? Banjo's the one that's knocked off No Compromise. Well, not knocked off. He's just fit a horse, No Compromise, first up over 16 or 1,700 metres, mm. rattled home in the second, fantastic run. King Frankel's come out and beaten Banjo. So you've got top of the market. I'm happy with that. Mm. And then No Compromise gets the extra 300 metres where an extra 300, he would have gone straight past Banjo. So to me, there's just an obvious two horses for me. Yep. You've got protagonist next line who's first up from overseas. I always like to see those horses first up. Other horses, Knights Order, he's looking for further. Just, I don't know. I think they're the only two. But we've missed the price. That's the only problem with No Compromise. He's 15s into nines. It's still nines. I'm not fucking whinging about nines, trust me. But people are woke about it. Like People sure. understand. Look... To expand further, I don't think the race is as straightforward as that. We've obviously identified the same two horses, but you can make a case for Knight's Order, who will get control and has shown he can be effective over the shorter trips, so you have to respect TC aboard. And you can also make a case of fucking Zarek. I know it's a horse that's cost us a bit in the past, but mm. he was a massive run first up over an unfavourable trip. He's nice and forward for this prep, so maybe they're, they're looking to get some money on the board uh, before heading to the longer trip. So... There's a number of ways you can attack this race, but we've happened to find the, the two uh, the two in common. 
Race number eight. It's the Group 1 in Sydney. Uh, it's over 1,500 metres. It's the Coolmore Classic for the Mayors. Um, Anavisto 480 is top of the market. Hope in your heart, 750. Ruthless Dame after a very close second um, in the surround stakes is $8. Hinge is 850 with Espiona as well. Yearnings, 9 bucks. Then we got double figures. So She's a Belter is 14s. Expat, $19. Tauragine is 19s. Mustang Valley, 21s. Mirror Vision, 27s. Purple Pla- Purple Pla- Purple pay. I was going to say purple play. There's a lot of P's in there. I read purple play. So it's purple pay. Okay. Purple pay is 31s. Pride of Jenny is 34s. Larkspur run 41s. Times square 67. More profits 81. Ned, if you're struggling with purple pay, imagine what Darren Flindell will do this horse on Saturday. Can I say something? Since you've brought to my attention how much this man does struggle, that I can't unhear it now. Like... <laughs> He said something a couple of weeks ago about, I don't know if it was Animo or eight, nine, eight, eight group, eight, yeah. group one wins. Yeah. Like, and that's the last 50 metres of a group one where you've got the premium horse in Australia. You know what you're saying. At your track, right? You've rehearsed it. You, you've rehearsed the race. Like, when Matt Hill said, stares destiny in the face, this time for the big eight, he's fucking rehearsed that, right? Yeah. So there's no doubt that Darren Flindell does the same. Listen... Ned, I understand that what they do is extremely hard. One of the hardest jobs ever. fucking hard. Like, don't get me wrong, but there are 15 blokes that could do Darren Flindell's job better. As far as the map goes here, Ned, um, obviously Group 1, there'll be a bit of speed engaged, so Expat rolls forward with Pride of Jenny. Anna Visto as well, who's drawn wide out. She's second up now up to 1,500. Are there question marks around here at stepping up? I know it's only 100 metres, don't get me wrong, but are there question marks over that last 100 metres with her? Interesting to see. Hinged, um, not too far away, drawn inside of Anavista. I think those two can whip across and be third or fourth in running. And Torrigine and Miravision, who led them up last start, um, are probably going to show speed towards the inside. I want to start with Anavista, and then I mentioned before the question marks around the trip. Her profile over the last, say, two or three campaigns has been a massive bomb first run, um, first up off a break. Mm-hmm. Good trialing in, like riding on the wall, smashes them first up, smashes the clock. And then you see a gradual drop-off from her, especially when she's stepping up in grade. I think the disadvantage for her, number one, as I say, is the trip. I think her absolute pet trip is 1,400. Secondly, she's drawn out. And thirdly, I don't know if she enjoys going the Sydney way. I think she's definitely a Melbourne horse. So that's just my opinion on that horse there. If it was 1,400 metres, I'd be saying she's the one to beat all over her, right? But I know it's 100 metres. It sounds Seems silly. crazy, doesn't it? Sounds it sounds silly. It really does. But I just have to leave her alone. Even though $5 does look attractive, I, I think they've got it right, the market. Otherwise, you would see a 250 off that first start run. It was a massive figure. But um, I just think stepping up, going over to Sydney, enough question marks for me. The class is the top weight net, hinged. She comes out of the Animo form. Yes, it was a bigger margin second up, but she was a good run first up. And I thought the margin was a bit unfair um, in that second run where she just got chopped out by Animo and just sort of, you know, got taken. Abdullah took it easy on her going through the line. So... I thought I had to be forgiving of that run and coming into this third up is a clear target and you can tell that this is the horse that Waller's identified because he scratches who got you. Fangirl doesn't turn up. Normally you see those two horses pair each other off. They don't turn up. The only other Waller runner in this race is Espiona and by all accounts, he's having to throw at the stumps with her. So hinged is Waller's pick for this race. I'm all over it, right? J-Mac booked. Um, They can whip across from that wider alley and, and show something from there. There's not a lot more I can say, to be perfectly honest. It, I've seen the race the exact same. 
Anavisto is one of mine. Massive fan of the horse, but this is a first up horse. I'm cash in, cash out. I've got my cash from the horse first up. I think coming here second up against a lot higher quality of mares and fillies, I'm just going to have to let her go around. Look, if she gets to something stupid like $6 or something, I'll just have something on. I'll just have something. I'll have something small, make sure my bets are saved. But I am tipping hinged as well. I thought her first up run behind Animo was fantastic. Really, really good. Obviously knocked off Fangirl as well. Being a length behind Animo, is it's the form. So I'm with hinge. I love the J-Mac factor. And there's just... All roads have led to this race, and she is a dead set 1,500-meter horse. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just have to mention as well, Ned, hope in your heart. Mm. TC sticks for this horse was a very, very good win first up. It's a horse that can elevate and measure up to this grade, so I have to save on that around the same price as Hinged. Final race we're going to cover in Sydney is race nine. It's over 1,500s as well, and it's the Ajax Stakes. Waterford, 390. Sabark is $5 with Accession. Ascension? Ascension. God, they make it hard sometimes. $5. Bandersnatch is $7. Diamond. I had, I had another clip for Flindell then, but I'll leave it. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to sound like Flindell after that concussion I've had. Cepheus is 17s. Boys, Boys Dargent is 21s. Well, Wall, after being first up last preparation from overseas, is now back again. So God knows what sort of talent this horse has. Caesar's Palace is 35, Superium 61s, and Lormian is 90s. Riadini goes forward, Sabak, Accension, uh, Caesar's Palace, and Bandus Natural roll of forward here. So very, very good speed engaged here for 1500. Waterford gets back from the wide barrier with Superium as well. The one with the race fitness for me, Ned, is Accension, or Ascension, wherever you want to attack that. There's that an name. N in the middle, so it has to be Accension. Accension, okay, right. Like Extension, but Accension. Okay. This horse, I don't know if you remember a horse called Lighthouse out of the same camp for yep. Mara Neuse. This just reminds me of that horse, probably not of the same quality, but a horse that can just stay in a prep and sort of have the month, three weeks, four weeks in between runs and just stay effective throughout a long campaign. It's the horse that has that fitness on its side, rolls forward, makes its own luck on speed. And as I say, comes out of that right camp. You always respect Kieran Mara and Eustace coming over here. You always respect them. Mm-hmm. So I'm having something on. I think $5 is a pretty good price. Obviously, Waterford is, is a horse that's on the up, and Waller's obviously got a really good opinion of this horse, so you have to respect it. It's the one that's going to be out the back. If it's too far detached from him, that's the negative, though, because he's going to get back from the inside barrier, may need a bit of luck from there. But I think considering it's race nine, they're probably getting to the wider parts of the track by this stage. If they're getting out there and they're not too far off them, he's probably the one you have to beat. What about Superior Ned at 60 to 1? It's over the odds. Over the odds, I think. I'm going to have to have something small on it. Yes, it's been beaten big margins, as you, as we touched on before the podcast about crosstalk being seven lengths off it. But it's similar to Waterford. It gets detached from the field and just has to finish off real hard. And it's been doing so. Its late closing splits have been very good um, its last two or three starts. So I'm happy to have something small on at the 60 to 1, but extension is the main bet. Thought Waterford's first up run was much better than it looked. It was in the worst part of the track. Sort of appeared to lay in a little bit as well. Um, I'm just happy to forgive that run. And this horse is a dead set Rose Hill horse. It's three from three at the track. Mm. Absolutely eats up 1,500. It seems to be its sort of pet trip. I know last preparation they were talking sort of Epsom's Doncasters, this sort of thing with the horse. So if they do have that opinion of it, they'd want him to come out and run really well. And I think $4 is a price where you can play. He's also been back to the trials after his first up run. So I always think that's a good sign when you come and attack one of these races. So $4. I think is a really nice bet. Um, look, it's one of those things I talk up all the time, but Jackson, it's time to get cracking on this thing because mm. 
We had three in a row. Really good ones. Yep. Really good ones. Yep. We had, we've had two or three in a row now where we've been a little bit stiff. We've sort of not found the winner. Mm-hmm. Not we. <laughs> I don't know. What, I'm, not, I'm not included. I don't, I don't ride the highs and I don't ride the lows. Okay. I'm excited for you. Okay, good. But here's the clip. This yep. is a clip. Okay, yeah. I talk this thing up, mate. Mm-hmm. I go to work and I talk to 50-year-old women mm. about the best Western. Mm. And they go, all right, I'll tell my husband to back it. Mm. I tell kids at school, they're mm. 14, 12, some are 11. I say, hey, get home and tell your old man that the best Western <laughs> is coming. Um, is the Velvet Queen in this week or something? <laughs> She's like, not in Oh, we need something it. to save us. But, Jacko, I just want to end on a nice note because okay. right, that, right. that was very unfair. No, no. No, it's probably warranted. Our listeners need this mm. can you lift for us mm. just to respond to the, the comments Ned and, and I'll wear them on the chin I always <laughs> will mate I'm not somebody that hides behind a, a jockey ride or this and that I'll never do that mate because if I don't like the jockey I'll let them know okay right so that by the same token if they give me a shit ride I've got a cop that I've got to wear on the chin because mm. I tip the fucking horse and had a Pretty decent size investment on myself. So I just, I, I want all the, all the punters out there, whatever you're having on, just think about what I've had on, okay? So any, any time investment don't, thing gets don't rolled, think about it. You it's... probably don't think about it. But to go back to your point, Ned, mm. so we've had, we've done six podcasts in the new year, mm. right? Mm. We're yet to miss a place on the Best Western. It's unbelievable. Right? So if you think about that, having a place bet, which the smart punters are doing, who, who, which punters are having place bets? Hopefully, hopefully there's one or two smart punters out there <laughs> having, a, having a very heavy place bet on the Best Western. Yeah. Because you're probably not listening to this podcast right now. You're probably in Hamilton Island or Barbados somewhere just having out, having a good time, um, taking the missus over, taking the family over. So just to put that into perspective. Uh, this week, Ned, race eight. We've got one. We're back at Ascot. Oh, thank God. The horse has been tipped, and I've never done this before. I've tipped a horse once in the Best Western. I've tipped a horse twice in the Best Western. Never have I tipped a horse three times <laughs> you, as the Best Western. You own this thing. I've just looked at the screen. Yeah. So, first up, uh, you know, written by CJP. Good win. We, we got the chocolates in the Best Western earlier on in the year. I'll follow up. I go, you know what, Taj? You're not one of mine. And similar to what I said before, Ned, you're not, you're not one of mine, but you know what, I'll just, I'll, I'll give you one crack at the best Western, I'll give you one, right? The horse carried, uh... the horse carried 84 kilos, Taj claimed two, <laughs> 2200 meters, right? The race is at Ascot, you know where he had him running, Ned? <laughs> yeah, where? He, he was on the rails at Belmont, Right? Somehow the horse still finished off and finished second. I, I honestly do not understand how the horse finished second, carrying 106 kilos and being four wide, but it did, right? Yeah. Guess who we get this week, brother? Parnham. We get Chrissy Parnham. Oh, Chris. We, we get a middle barrier. We get Chris Parnham. We get the horse fit. Off the back of being rolled in weaker company, they've taken it up to lister grade, right? So they understand that what the horse is, and they understand that it should have won that last start. Right, it doesn't make any difference to the punters that we're on, including myself. But we're here to get it back this week on Casino Seventeen, race eight, number six, Casino Seventeen. It's two dollars, guys. Going to sit midfield, Chrissy Parnham. It's dropping back in distance. Rock hard fit, cannot be beat. Can, oh, cannot be beaten, Ned. Mate, 
I got to say, you've had some seriously good best Western bits, but that might top the lot. Um, on the rails at Belmont, that is such gas. Um, well done. Uh, best bet for me is Clemenceau in Sydney. I really like him. Look, as you got, you'll probably win as well, but um, I think probably a little bit short to say it's your best bet. So Clemenceau for me, um, and really looking forward to seeing how a couple of horses that are coming back in that new market, such as Marzu. Um, private ID sort of horses. I'm just so excited for that race. Yeah, unbelievable race. Look, Ayrton for me is the best on the card um, outside of the best Western. And I think I wish I win and private I would have to clash into each other and fall over for something else to win. It's really getting to that exciting time of the racing year in autumn. Um, the next couple of weeks we've got slippers and George Riders and you name it, we've got it. So group one's everywhere and guess what? We'll be covering it, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you. Good luck if you're having a punt. Good luck if you're just watching for us. Um, and thanks for listening. Appreciate it. All the best punters. Good luck.